Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour this beautiful Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta as usual. Um, Today I have a special guest. I normally have a few things to say before I introduce them, but uh, today we're going to go right into it. He is a a friend of mine who has been here on uh, two or three occasions before, and he's always interesting to talk to. He brings a lot of... uh, a lot of vitality to the program. He has a booming voice. Uh, he's a he's a retired D.C. policeman, retired um, uh, EMT. Well, yeah, I was or, uh, I was with the Metropolitan Police. I spent the last six of that with the FBI's Joint Terrorism right. Task Force, and then uh, was down at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center after that. And I also was a volunteer fire chief in Fairfax County, Virginia, right. for over thirty years. Did yep. a little. He's done a little bit of everything. He's, as I said before, he's like me. He can't keep a job. Exactly, especially so. after retiring. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate that. At any rate, Mike Brooks. In case you didn't recognize the voice, he's uh, also known as a TV detective uh, for quite some time on uh, the uh, Cartoon News Network over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fourteen years over there. Yeah. Good God. So, uh, and that that was very interesting. And so, at any rate, we uh, we were talking. Uh, and I was listening to the news, and, and Mike is always a good guy to bring on after we've had some kind of uh, mass murder, especially in schools or, or some places. That you notice we had him on after uh, the Las Vegas massacre. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he has a lot of insight. He has a lot of contacts in the business, and he can tell us a whole lot about what went on behind the scene and what's going on behind the scene. And so we're going to talk about that today. And, and uh, one of the first things we'll probably talk about is the coward of Broward. You know, we, oh, we were told, God. and and the antis have used this line. Hey, it won't do you any good to arm people. There were armed people at the at the school. There was an armed guard at the school, and he didn't stop anything. Well, why didn't he stop anything, Mike? That's a great question, and I think that's the reason why uh, Sheriff Israel decided to uh, basically let him uh, resign. And I heard now that he's going to be able to retire. retire. Right before it was just resign. He wasn't going to retire, but I've heard now. So he's uh, they. Yeah. Sheriff Israel said, resign slash retire, so he's getting his pension. Right. But this cow, I mean, this uh, this deputy, former deputy, he also, I think, could face criminal charges. Uh, and he should face criminal charges. The prosecutor down there in Broward County needs to look at exactly what he didn't do and why you, he didn't do it. If you listen to what the sheriff said yesterday God, when, he announced that, sorry. when he announced that yesterday, the sheriff said, that he was going to be allowed to do it, that that was his right, he could put in for it. But the investigation was going on, and they were looking into criminal charges. So he may not be off the hook. But the reason that he didn't do anything, they have video of him sitting outside the school and would not go in to to stop the perp. He was there. They have him on video, Jerry, for four minutes. Right. And, folks, four minutes is a lot of time. Sit sit there and and look at your watch and wait for four minutes and think about what was going on inside that right. school with crews walking down up and down those hallways shooting reloading. I mean, it's just it's just unfathomable to me oh, yeah. that a law enforcement officer, a veteran law enforcement officer, was over twenty years on the job could listen to the rounds being fired and not go in. Yeah, and I heard this morning 
uh, or maybe it was yesterday morning, I heard, uh, at least I heard on radio, that uh, he was nominated for Officer of the Year last year. Good God. What, was, so, it, was it a popularity contest? It must have been. But see, Jerry, know. you know, this is not the first time we've heard this. We go all the way back to the one incident that I always said kind of set the standard when it comes to actor-shooter situations, especially in schools. And that was in 1999, the Columbine situation, right. where you had Jefferson County law enforcement personnel in the parking lot waiting, ready to go in, but they said they weren't going to go in because they were – because. By their SOPs, they're waiting for SWAT to come. That's correct. Now, I retired in 1999, and I took a position which brought me to Georgia, and I was at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. I was one of the people that actually put together the first uh, formal training for law enforcement dealing with active shooters, specifically with schools in the country, post uh, Columbine, and that that was a big time. I mean, things right. ch- a lot of right. things changed. Right. But now we go back and we see the exact same thing that happened there. Now I don't think it was cowardice um, in Jefferson County. I think no, the that officers was, that was, was standard practice, right? And they did They nobody could go in until everybody was there and they decided what they they had to formulate their plan and right. then go after it. Right. Now they say the first guy there goes after it. Exactly. If you have another person, that's all well and good. But if you're there, you. Best damn take some action. That's correct. And he, this guy didn't. He didn't. He, he, they show him in the video from what my sources are telling me, standing behind a, a, uh, a concrete column, column, a concrete yeah. column outside taking cover. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, and, and that's it. Where yeah. he should have gone, he should have gone in there just like the sheriff said, gone in, found the gunman, killed the gunman. Right. Period. Right. That's God. exactly what he was supposed to do. And it's what he's been trained to do. But apparently, Apparently he decided he just didn't want to do it. I, nope. mean, I, I don't know. You tell me. I can't. No. I can't fathom any law officer. I, you know, I've always said a law officer does not have to defend your life. You don't have to do that. No. But I don't know of any that won't take a bullet for you if the time's right. What are you I mean, supposed if to it's do? There. What are you supposed to do? You're, you're supposed to protect life supposed, and property. It's like correct. a firefighter getting a call. Um, you know, here in Atlanta, my buddy's with Atlanta Fire Rescue. Uh, getting a call uh, for a structure fire with people trapped inside the house, and they get there, and they see heavy fire showing, heavy smoke showing, and uh, there might be kids trapped in a back bedroom. Right. Are they going to stand there and just um, wait until yeah, they get a till, positive water the, supply? Yeah, no. They're yeah. going to go in and put their life on the line. My buddy Chip Newell with Squad 4 did that. Last he got he got a medal of valor last year. He's not looking for medals. He did it because you got you got a set of balls and that's your job to that's go in job. and save people. That's correct. That pounding is Mike's uh, hand I'm sorry. Finger on yeah, the I, know. I, I do radio. I'm not I'm not doing it but it just oh, it just I, this I told this, you he would bring I, a little bit of energy to the program oh, when we started out. God. So hmm. uh it's uh, like I said. It's always fun. It's always appreciated because I like to see people that are are passionate about what's going on. I mean, I was in law this, this is absolutely ridiculous. It, it's it's inexcusable, Jerry. Plus it's totally the, inexcusable. Plus the fact that it gave the anti-gunners, oh. uh, a, you know, something else to talk about. Exactly. Know, well, it, it didn't, there was a gun down there, and it didn't uh, didn't help those guys at all. Well, it's not going to help if it's in the holster. Exactly. And but that's not the first time. That's not the first time that uh, the deputies. Uh, Scott Peterson with the Brown County Sheriff's uh, Office, that's not the first time he screwed up. Apparently, they had received, back in 2016, information about Cruz. They passed the information from the officers who did the investigation and, and gathered all the intelligence. They passed the information to 
Scott Peterson, who was a school resource officer there at the school for him to look into and to let the school know back in 2016 when Cruz was still there, they let him know. What did he do? Nothing. Right. Nothing. He did, he the did same absolutely thing nothing. He did the same thing then that he did during the shooting. Yeah. Nothing. Pa- pack your um, – yeah. <laughs> yeah, and get the hell out. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry. I, That's the way it goes. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, once again, it, it, like we've said before, any kind of shooting, anytime anybody loses life, it, it's a, a tragedy. Oh, sure and the is. young people is even worse. Oh. But now we have the young people trying to set the policies, and they have no clue what's going on. Well, that's all. And we talk about, uh, you know, they said this one guy, uh, David Hogg, was a crisis actor. Well, I, I can tell you he's not a crisis actor. Right. Um, his dad, Kevin Hogg, who I know of, uh, he's retired from the FBI now. He was at one time assigned to L.A. Um, so, no, he, he's not in a saw, they saw his picture in a yearbook right. of a school in LA, I think when he was a sophomore, now he's a senior, right. so it was two years, his father's retired, now they're living right. in, uh, in Florida. Right. So, no. But, if you look at his, if you look at that woman, uh, the girl Emma Gonzalez, what's, what's their Twitter handle? They didn't, they had maybe a few followers on Twitter right. before this, but now they have, Oh God! I don't know how many followers. Yeah. And if you notice, they got the little blue check mark on there that they're verified. Not everybody can get verified. You know who's doing that for them? CNN and the media. Right. That's who's doing that. Right. That's who's getting them and, and putting them out right. there. That's right. who's pushing them in front. Because right. you you look at uh, Emma Gonzalez. What's her Twitter handle? It's at Emma for um, Emma for change. Yeah. Uh, so, so now you know you put themselves down as uh, David Hogg. Describes himself as an entrepreneur, um, a journalist, and some other bullcrap. Yeah. No, they're putting these. They're putting these out there. Here's kids who eat Tide Pods, and we're supposed to listen to what they're saying. That's are correct. you freaking kidding me? Well, what a crock! They also, uh, uh, like I said, they're also out marching. Uh, you know, at various schools. I saw a video the other day of, of kids in Chicago leaving school because they were marching in, in yeah. solidarity, uh, solidarity with these kids down in Florida. Yeah, go up and ask one of those kids, hey, what, what are you out here marching for? Yeah. Oh, I, don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, um, everybody said, come on, we're going yeah. outside. So I like, um, I just followed along, you know. It's like, it's like we're getting out of school. Yes. Give yes. me a break. Well, that's, that's Go eat your Tide Pod, you little punk. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that's the way it is. And, and by the way, Mike, if something comes up and, and you want to speak your mind, feel free to do so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know I will. <laughs> I've been, oh, I've been Oh, I've been, it's been pent up for the last, last number of days. Yeah, well, it, it's, and I understand that. I completely understand that. It's very easy to get, uh, get emotional about what's going on. It is. And knowing that, that one of the, the most important things that we need to save in this country are our children, our youth. Right. And then we're doing nothing. We're turning the blind eye saying, well, it's the AR4, uh, the AK, uh, the AR-15s fault and not that and you know who else were they were failed by i'll talk about that when we come when back. we come back we gotta uh i want to remind you go to georgiacarry.org our website you can sign up twenty dollars a year uh you can uh, contact us you can find anything we've ever done you can renew online uh you can download the commercial free podcast uh, at our website you can download it here at newstalk1160.com and we'll be right back And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour here with uh, my friend Mike Brooks. 
And as we left, as we were leaving to go to that commercial break, you had something you want to talk about. Well, we talk about the failure of of Deputy Sheriff Scott Peterson and uh, and his department. And then the other person, the other group who let these 17 people who were killed down, Jerry, is the U.S. government, i.e. the FBI. The All FBI, right. they've, they got two calls. They got two calls about this guy. One was somebody who saw a YouTube video with, uh, with Mr. I don't even like to use his name, with the shooter. Mm-hmm. And, um, he called the local FBI office in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. And they actually came out and interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Now, did they not send a lead down anywhere or do any further investigation? That re- that's still under investigation no, no. by, uh, <laughs> by the officer of professional responsibility and probably an inspector, inspection crew that's looking into this. But the other one was someone who was very close to the shooter who called the 1-800 number for right. the FBI, which mm-hmm. is, which came basically, uh, that the first time we ever used, when I was assigned to the FBI, the first time we ever used that was after the Olympia, Olymp, uh, Centennial Olympic Park bombing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were looking for Eric Robert Rudolph before we knew who he was. That call center is in West Virginia. That's where all the fingerprinting, uh, that's where all the records, uh, it's, it's a criminal justice right. information system. That is all up in West Virginia. That's where the call came into. Now, those calls are taken by um, basically support personnel, civilian uh, analysts and other folks that decide and say, okay, is this a credible call? Right. Where am I going to send this? And then they will farm what they call a lead, which is you, you send a notification to, let's say, in this particular case, it would have been the Miami Field, Field Division on here's what I have and here's the contact information that we have and here's what we know. And that was not acted upon. So right. we're waiting to hear exactly who dropped the ball there. But but they dropped the ball big time. Right. And I expect a, a lot of fallout. You know, we've even, we even have the, the governor of Florida calling for the FBI director, Christopher Ray to step down. Right. And Christopher Ray, you know, he's, he's from here in Georgia. I know, uh, a lot of people aren't real happy with him because they feel that he hasn't done a damn thing since he's been in, like me. And uh, it, and, and it, the, everything at the top right now, the FBI, is under scrutiny. And, right. there, and need, there needs to be some changes. But the overall uh, agents and the people who do the everyday evidence response team, bomb techs, those folks, they're out there and they don't have anything to do with politics. Right, right. Those are the guys that actually do the work. Exactly. Um, and, and But once again, you know, one of the things that bothers me is – once again, the, the uh, topic of conversation turns to the weapon. Which, yeah. You know, we never, ever, a matter of fact, let me read this, uh, let me read this part of the statement from uh, Sheriff Mike Scott from Lee County down in Florida. He uh, has a, a real long statement on, uh, on Facebook that, um, that I printed out because it would, if you read the whole thing, which I won't do, but uh, I, I want to hit some of the highlights. He said, I regret that the predominant discussion is centered on blaming firearms since one was used at Parkland. Similar blame never transfers to homemade bombs as savaged by the Boston Marathon Mm -hmm. or motor vehicles, which have increasingly become a weapon of choice, much like no one ever blames the fork for the weight gain or the needle for the alarming trend of intravenous overdose. We hear a lot of talk about new laws that will somehow stop evil people from doing evil things as though it is as simple as a stroke of the pen, as though a lawbreaker... Our deranged person has ever allowed any law to deter their behavior. At last check, I think we already, we had already banned murder, rape, 
robbery, burglary, theft, drug dealing, and a litany of other actions, and yet we have no shortage of folks ignoring those bans. And what about knives? More people are killed with knives every year than they are with firearms. Well, more people are killed killed by by hammers than they are by AR-15s. And what about the opioid problem? That's another another cause of death that uh, that we hear so much about. Right, and nobody wants to do anything about it. Oh, uh, oh, wait a minute. Um, How could has... CNN had a uh, town hall on uh, distracted driving? I don't think so. Well, that's... You know why? Because it doesn't fit their agenda. That's correct. It doesn't fit their agenda. That's correct. You're exactly right. You know, when you you talk about about cars, one of the interesting things that I I, uh, bring up from time to time is about 95 people a day, 92, 95 people a day, die in auto accidents in the United States every day of every year. And nothing is ever said about those 95 people. No. Three days, that's almost 300 people. You let an airplane crash out here with 300 people on it, and it is going to be great big news because now it's a tragedy. But you you kind of think that the news media and, and others are saying that, well, a life here and there, you know, those don't count. Singular Senior lives don't matter to anybody. Right. But when we get 300 at once, it's a big deal. And so far this year in the United States of America, we there have been 21 law enforcement officers that have been killed in the line of duty. 14 of those have been killed by gunfire. So where is the town hall for CNN on that? That's that's right now, so far this year, that's a 133% increase over this time last year on the number of officers that have been killed by gunfire. There have well, been, oh, there have been, um, as of what, two days ago, there had been 22 officers that had been shot in the United States, and right. 14 of them have been killed. Right. That's ridiculous. Well, now they might, they might hold a forum, Cynia might hold a forum for, uh, groups such as Black Lives Matter and those that are involved in doing those things, right. so that you can understand a little bit about what their feelings are. You can't under, You don't need to understand what the policeman's feelings are, or what law enforcement, or what anybody that's married or has a father or brother that's law enforcement. No, I don't. I don't. I don't see any uh, town halls in Chicago on nope. uh, the uh, the mass murders there that yep. happen every weekend. Right. And see, by definition. Just in case people don't know, by definition, when we're talking about uh, active shooter situations and mass murders, at mass shootings, a mass murder sh- situation is considered three or more people shot and killed in one location right. at one particular time. Right. That's considered a mass murder by okay. by law, by right. federal law. Right. So obviously that happens every weekend in Chicago. <laughs> it happens almost every day in Chicago. It happens that about four times as many on the weekend, I think, as as that. Or over off uh, Joseph E. Boone or uh, Joseph E. Lowry yeah, here in Southwest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that you're exactly right about that. But and people don't want to fight that. That battle. no, no, we don't. We don't want to talk about that. No, we don't want to talk because about that's, that. That's, that's that's black on black crime. Well, well, I, I won't even put it in those terms. I, I put it I in will. fact. Well, you can. I, I put it in in terms that that uh, they know this is going to happen, and they're not going to say anything in Chicago because that's that's one of their their being the uh, gun prohibitionists. That's one of their key cities for the. Uh, Gun control. I mean, they got oh, more yeah. gun control there than anybody else, so it's got to work. So we can't say anything about it. No, and in Baltimore, they got great Baltimore gun control the there too. Way. And yeah. Washington, my old town, Washington D.C., right. great gun control there That's too, correct. don't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, God. yet, uh, well, look at Los Angeles, same way. Yeah. I mean, it, you, Detroit, 
There's there's numerous places. I think San Francisco. Uh, I mean, oh. San Francisco. You know, yeah, exactly. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't even like to. I don't even like to bring them up in my conversation. <laughs> and, and I lived right down the road there for about a year back in. Uh, the I need to go to the bathroom. I just go right here on yeah. the street. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, but that that shows you the liberal mindset because you can't do anything wrong when the, you got the liberals no. in complete control. No. Oh, by the way, time. did you know the back? Remember the? Uh, I think it was in 2016. I think we it was the shooting at the Fort Lauderdale Airport where the guy right. he had checked his gun, went into the bathroom, pulled out his handgun, and came and shot, killed three people. Yeah. Um, do you know who was calling for an assault weapons ban at that particular time? Do you know who that was? Uh, who was the sheriff? Who was the sheriff down there at that time? Oh, I, Sheriff yeah. Israel, the same yeah, sheriff who Israel. was there right now, who yeah. was who was elected in 2013, who was who, who's been in office since January of uh, of 2013, and it was he ran on a Democratic ticket. That's right. that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to yeah. leave that put that out there for you folks to uh, well, digest. I, I believe he also um, he was one of the guys that that fought hardest against uh, open carry in mm-hmm. Florida as well. He didn't he didn't think that was very good. No. Matter of fact. Uh, he did not want you to be able to carry your gun when you were uh, forced evacuation during a hurricane. You know, used to you couldn't do that if you didn't have a license. Right. Well, they changed the law, but he fought that law. So you know, he's not a he's not much of a, a Second Amendment supporter. No, but you know, you don't necessarily have to be, but you have to have a little bit of sense. You have to have a little bit of knowledge what's going on. And if you you if you're qualified to be a sheriff, you should have an idea of what's happened and what's happening right. in your area or in other areas. You can't just sit there with a blind eye and say, well, we'll do this. Well, I'll get rid of this. And I, you know, there was even a, a, an article, a, an op-ed, I believe, in uh, or an editorial in one of the Miami papers that said, if you ban AR-15s, gun uh, school shootings will immediately stop. <laughs> If you ban schools, if you ban schools, they'll quit. That's the only thing I there can you think go. of. Ban the schools, and then we won't have any more shootings in the school. Exactly. But other than that, you're going to have them, and it doesn't matter what they come up with, how they do it, how they try to approach it. You're going to have them because we've got criminals that are always intent on doing damage to other people. But what about armed teachers, Jerry? That's correct. Well, we'll talk about that when we come back. We uh, want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org. Our website, you can join up there. You can uh, renew. You can see everything that we've ever done in the way of uh, legislation, in the way of lawsuits, etc. And uh, you can download the commercial-free podcast there at uh, our website. You can download them here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Uh, again, with Mike Brooks here, uh, we, he brought up schools just before we, we uh, went to break. And I, I, that reminded me of something that I heard on uh, Kim Peterson's program a little bit earlier this week. There was they a came kid. Up. The, there was a kid that was doing a math problem and made the square root sign. Yeah. And he said, hey, that looks like a gun. And he got suspended from school, if I'm not mistaken. They called the cops in. Oh, yeah. They went to his house to check him out to see if they had guns at their house and all, because he said the square root symbol looks like a gun. <laughs> now, I think 
when you have things like that happening, perhaps banning schools is not a bad idea. No. Hey, how about ban some of the, uh, the the liberal teachers who oh, are out man. there that are that are brainwashing our children yep. into uh, in, into this kind of ideology? Well, you know, another thing, uh, the uh, it's my understanding that the uh, uh, United States uh, Board of Education, Department of Education, was founded in 1980. In 1980, the United States was second in uh, in the, their teaching. Right. We had the second best uh, teaching program in the world. Now we're 17th. Yep. And, and, who, and we he, will be. We it won't be long till we'll be 18th because that's the way we're going. But look at the National Education Association. The, the union, basically, right. and the lobbying group behind uh, behind educators in this country. Right. It's one of the most liberal yep. groups that are here in the United States. It's it's unbelievable. Go go and look look up the National Education Association and see some of the things that they they get behind. Right. It's just oh, it's incredible. Okay. Now we will get off of that tangent because we're still talking about firearms here in school. Yeah. Etc. But we're talking about schools, and it, that is a condition of the schools right now. But you know. Um, I noticed uh, the president's talking about guns in school. Right. There's an awful lot of governors that are talking about guns in school. Last week on our program, we had a, a guy named Jim Irvine with a program right. in uh, Ohio called FASTER, and that stands for Faculty Administrator Safety Training and Emergency Response, which I think is the way to go. I think that's a much better program than just arming the teachers because it, it gives them, it gives the teachers the, the, the uh, training mm-hmm. to stop the perpetrator right. and the training to administer first aid while the emergency medical people are outside waiting for the police to secure the the scene because they're not going to come in until it's secure. Correct. So that sometimes can be 30 minutes or even more before they get anybody in there, and that's how people die from gunshot yeah. wounds for the most part is bleeding to death. Right, and we're lucky here in Atlanta and, and around the metro area because we do have SWAT medics that are part of the fire and rescue departments, as I know, especially here in Atlanta right. and uh, and most other and a lot of other jurisdictions now. So that's that's a good thing. We're, yes. we've, we've improved. And where did that all that start? It started after Columbine. It was right. all – it was. I, I measure everything when it comes to school safety and security as pre- and post-Columbine. Right. And, and and you're right. That is a good program. And one of the things that he also brought out, Jim Irvine yep. brought out last week, was the uh, urban schools. You don't have a lot of trouble because those kids fight. Exactly. They fight back. They will not allow you to do those things to you. Whereas in the when you get out in suburbia, then that's where the more liberal portions are that that allow those things and don't allow you to protect yourself. And think about urban schools. A lot of times the response for uh, for law enforcement and for fire EMS is it, much it's, quicker. It's a long, long time and, and who's gonna who's gonna be protecting themselves are the kids. That's correct. And uh I, so I, I you're you know, absolutely it, it, right. It's it's much harder it's much harder to hit a moving target than it is one that's laying there in the fetal position. Exactly. And I, I mean it, it doesn't matter to me who you are and it you can be spraying bullets, but if the people are moving they got a chance. That's if they're right. if they're sitting there like 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 I was taught when I was a kid to to get under a desk in case of atomic bomb, <laughs> you know I mean? it's, and they really did that, folks. Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, but that was during uh, World War One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think it was. It could have been before that, but uh, but that that that's what they teach people. That's right. That's what they teach kids. You know, hide. Just get over in the corner and lay down and and cover up your eyes. You know, it's kind of like 
if you remember when you're playing with your kids or your grandkids, you know, if uh, if they cover their eyes, they're hidden. Right. You can't see me. You can't see me. So, therefore, right. that's what's going on here in these schools. And, and they're nothing but a perfect target for the guy that's walking through there going bang, bang, bang. And, and that needs to change. And I do believe that, that uh, arming teachers – and giving them the other tools is the way, method to go. Absolutely. And I, I heard a, a statistic the other day that if we armed 20% of school administrators and or teachers just in the United here in the United States, that that would be a minimum of 640,000 people that would be armed there for the protection of our children. Right. And and that's a that's a great start as far you as I'm concerned. Believe it. You better believe it. And uh you know with the with the proper training, mm-hmm. and I know you and I talked about gun training and everything else for concealed carry, but this is where I believe you do have to have an additional amount of training right. this- and working with local law enforcement on on training and drilling and uh, exercise Sizes on what to, what to do, what not That's to correct. do, should law enforcement arrive, whether it be an armed band. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. People go, oh, we can't have teachers right, doing that. Right. And some teachers, well, I'm here to teach. I'm not here to kill people. And that's fine. That's Don't fine. do it. Exactly. It, it's, it, it, it's a voluntary program. Just like after 9-11, we had, and I helped put together the, the standards and training for the Federal Flight Deck Officer Program or Pilots Flying Armed. There are pilots who said, yes, I, I, they raised their hand. It's voluntary. Whether you're with Delta, U.S. Airways, United, doesn't matter. And you went through a significant amount of training, and you went through a significant amount of psychological testing before they allowed you to carry that weapon in the cockpit to protect that aircraft from being hijacked. That's so, true. And it's voluntary. That's true. But And and your your uh, point there about training, we're you, we're talking about two different trainings. Oh, absolutely. We're, doing that. we're I not agree. talking about somebody's going to walk down the street with no. a gun on his hip. No, no. Uh, and, and as I said, most of the time, those people uh, learn that training from their fathers or their grandfathers Correct. or what have you. So uh, we're not talking about somebody that, that's in that state. No. That status. But when you walk into schools, when you have somebody there that is basically, uh, in, a, in a way, taking, uh, taking the place of a SWAT officer that's not there yet right and he knows they know how to clear the halls clear the hall the rooms etc and when they find the guy shoot him right and and there's another uh, sta- uh another statistic that if uh if the school if there's a mass shooting or mass murdering uh and you wait for the police to arrive 14 a little over 14 people on average are killed at every one of those if there's an armed citizen there, it's a little over two. Yeah, there, uh, because the the threat is stopped immediately. Exactly. I, there, the FBI did a study on uh, active shooter situations between 2013 or 2014, and it was right around that right. same thing. Right. And you know, of of a good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun. It was uh, I was really surprised at the at the amount of the. It did really happen right, that way. Right, right. It, it, it saves lives. It does. It, 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 and the other thing is that if we, if we knew, if somebody knew that there were at this particular school over here that there was a possibility that 20 or 25 teachers over there or 20 or 25 people, and it doesn't have to be teachers. It can be administrators. It can be the janitor. Right. You know, whoever it is. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we we've have, have offered that perhaps uh, the janitor might be the smartest guy to, to arm because – People walk in and they don't really pay any attention to him. 
And so, therefore, he would be the best place to to start. But uh, uh, those people, when you know, if somebody's going to go try to do a shooting, if you know that there's 20 to 25 people perhaps in that building over there, you're going to think twice about going to that building. Absolutely, because people are are going to know that that's not a gun-free zone. That's correct. That is not a soft target. That's correct. And they're cowards, and that's where they want to go, to the easy place. Absolutely. You know, it, and there's a, there was a school system down in uh, in Texas that basically says, and yes. there was a sign. I put it up on right. my Facebook page. Right. It says, attention, please be aware that the staff at Argyle Independent School District are armed and may use whatever forces necessary That's to correct. protect our students. That's correct. They yeah. ought to have that outside of every damn school here oh. in the United oh, States. Oh, no, we put up a sign that says gun-free zone. Gun-free that zone. Then that just says, you know. hey, come on in, guys. <laughs> There's no guns in here. This is a soft target. That's exactly what it says, Oh, I know Jerry. that. You know that, and I know that. I, I'm just saying that that is our approach here, though, is, it is. is we'll put up a sign. Same thing with drug-free zone. I mean, come on, give me a break. There's no drugs in grade school, <laughs> no guns in high school. You know there are, and you know there are guns in, in colleges, and, and you're not going to stop that. I don't care who you are. Exactly. It's going to happen. No, I agree. But uh, I, I heard that there was even a school system in California that just approved, in California, if you can right, believe this. Right, uh, right. Fre- uh, Fresno, I believe it was. Or, right, in that, in that general yeah, vicinity yeah. that actually approved of the teachers and school administrators to be armed. That's if correct. you can believe that in, this, in, in, in the People's in, Republic of California. Yes, sir, they did. I, I heard that just the other day on the news. Uh, Jerry Brown must be just, his, oh, his head must he have is. exploded. Well, you know they're going <laughs> you know to come up with a state law that says you can't do that. Oh, you know you that. Know, you're going to have to get rid of that because, Whoops. after all, that might work, and then we might have to do it in other schools, and then, oh, my goodness, what oh. would we, where would we go from there? In our sanctuary uh, state of California. Well, oh, what if there's an illegal immigrant inside that school? Well, let me, let let me tell you where we're going to go right now. We're going to georgiacarry.org, our uh, website. Uh, you can look us up, do whatever you want to. Follow us at, at georgiacarry. I'm at gotyourback64 on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, download the commercial-free podcast there and here at newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio hour. I'm here once again with Mike Brooks. Uh, I, I wanted to uh, to say that uh, one other thing about the uh, FASTER program that we were talking about last yeah. segment. Uh, Jim Irvine, who runs that, I have talked to him. I have mentioned it uh, to uh, some of the people in the General Assembly. Uh, that can get something done about it. And uh, I have talked with uh, with the two of them, and we're trying to set up a program to get or a, a uh, an appointment to get Jim down here to explain that program to some of our people in the uh, General Assembly. Fantastic. They're very interested in it. Uh, it's still got a long way to go. You know, we're just now in the talking portion of it. But this is a good time, I think, for people to strike. And, and uh, this is probably, and it's unfortunate, Due to the circumstances, yeah. this is probably one of the best opportunities we're going to have to introduce some of these things into schools that have a good chance of people looking at them. And, and, and Jerry, we have a law here in the state of Georgia that has been on the books since 2014. That's correct. That school districts 
if they approve it, can right. have people on school buses for special events inside the school, at sporting events at well, the school, can, to be to be armed. Tell us a little bit can, about that. They can, they can arm people right. uh, in the school, anywhere on the school, basically. Yeah. Uh, it has to be – it's a volunteer program, as we discussed before. Uh, the teachers have to – uh, agree to do it. They have to have their firearm concealed. It has to be on their body at all times. And they have to have special training that is, uh, determined by the school board. Now, uh, with that being on, already on the books, not one, not one school district has done anything about it, although one school district did look at it and tabled it, decided they weren't going to do that. Floyd County, yeah, Floyd last County. week. Right. But, uh, we have, uh, we have the law in place. So, if we could get a program like Faster, or if they just wanted to go ahead and, and start training their teachers, they right. could do it. But nobody seems to want to do that. And and I know that there are law enforcement officials here in the state of Georgia that would that would work with the school districts should oh, yeah. they decide to do that to yeah. make sure that it, the program that they work together to put together a program to protect certainly, the kids. Certainly, and, everybody wants to protect the children. Right, that's, that's it, ridiculous. Right, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking right here. I get the the, the code uh, Georgia code, and it's uh, sixteen. Dash eleven dash one thirty dash one or uh, yeah one thirty dash one yeah one thirty dash one it right. says certain school personnel may possess weapons at school. No, wait a minute. You're talking about look at uh, sixteen eleven one seventy eight. I believe is it uh, or one seventy three rather. Okay, I was looking the, for the weapon. It's the preemption law that that allows it. I believe. Uh, I looked that up a couple of days ago, and I, I'm oh, almost positive that's where it is. At any rate, yeah. Uh, but it does allow them to to arm teachers who are willing to be armed and who are uh, willing to take the responsibility of doing so. Yep, no, so it, it, I mean, it's on the book. So why, yes. why not take advantage? The law was put there to, to better protect the children in school. So why not take advantage of that? That's correct. You know, especially in the state of Georgia, where we, uh, with people here I know, are <laughs> they love their guns. And, uh, you know, and thank God for organizations uh, like uh, GeorgiaCarry.org that allows people and looks out for their Second Amendment. Well, we try. We try. Now, you do a hell of a job, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, we uh, we uh, we have in the past, and, and we will continue to do so, although uh, I'm sad to report to you that it appears that this year we will not get a bill. I've been telling you for quite some time that we thought we were going to get one. Yeah. Uh, we will not get one this year. Uh at least that was uh, that was what I was told on Friday, uh, and hmm. and the reason we won't main reason we won't get it is because uh, there were some things that uh, that uh, some of the people wanted that we wouldn't go along with. Does that have anything to do so, with uh, Bloomberg up in New York? I didn't say that. I did. <laughs> I know you did, but I, Jerry Henry didn't say that. But uh, I I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I don't know what it is particularly. I can tell you that we have been very successful in the last few years, more successful really than we uh, thought we would be. If you look at, at our records, when we started off, we passed a bill in, in uh, 2008. We didn't get another one in 2010. Hmm. We didn't get another one. Actually, we thought we were going to get one in 2012 and didn't. And then we got the, in 2014, we got the big uh, HB60. Right. And then since then, we've had – one or two bills passed every year until then. And normally, it really, if you're, if you're looking at a, a good comprehensive gun, 
Bill, it takes a couple of years for it to work its way through to be successful. Like Campus Carry. Like Campus Carry that we got last year. That that took, uh, well, that took more than two years, but yeah. uh, we had to come back the following year to, to finally get it. And so um, really it, it's not a whole lot different than what we've been used to, although we, we kind of, we didn't expect Campus Carry to, to pass last year, but it did. And so, therefore, there's not a whole lot in the hopper for us to, to push forward this year. We had some small things that, that we wanted. We thought we'd get on the cleanup bill, and apparently we're not going to get that. So um, it's uh, it's kind of a mixed bag of things. It, it's The timing was not right. And then when we get down to where we're finally negotiating, then we come in with the school shooting and, and all the, the stuff that that should, in my opinion, make it more pliable to give a good gun bill. But, right. you know. How do, you, how do you think this will affect uh, any legislation going forward now that there's uh, all this, you know, never again, we had some demonstrators yeah. down at the at the state capitol just the other day, right. and, you know, we've got marches coming up that they're going to keep out in front, and we know that the main, the, the lamestream media, like CNN and MSNBC and those folks are going to are going to keep and, and harp on this because of the marches that we've got, to, they've got planned now for sure. March 24th, um, April 20th, and, and a couple other ones up in D.C. that I'm sure we're going to have continued walkouts at, at high schools, um, even here in the Atlanta metro area. Well, we, we I'm, don't, I'm not going to disagree with you anything you said on that, but I will tell you there is a difference between AstroTurf and grassroots. AstroTurf gets tired after a while, and that's exactly what you can't buy. You can't buy the passion that, that the Second Amendment supporters have. No, There's you can't. no way you can buy that. Now, you can, you can buy the, the – uh, the the uh, astroturf people, uh, <laughs> but you can only buy them for so long. They're going to go out and march so long. They're not going to see anything happen, and they're gone. I right. don't I don't expect this next year to really bother us at all. I Good. I think that's what it, what is uh, uh, more important to us is who is going to be in what position next year. You need to get out and vote. You need to look at who's running for governor. You need to look at lieutenant governor. You need to look at at uh, all your representatives and, and senators. If you do that, and if we get uh, if we get people elected in those positions, similar to what we have now, at least at, at least as strong as the ones we have now, then we don't not going to have any problems. We will continue to move the ball forward. If we get people who are not as strong as those people, then we're going to be fighting for it, but I don't think it's going to stop. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop our movement. No. I think that that um, we're headed in the right direction. If you if you look back um, a year before last, when uh, the governor vetoed campus carry, you know, guns every uh, gun, every town for gun safety and all the moms they were so happy that they beat Georgia. And then what happens? We come back the next year and pass. Pass uh, campus carry and get signed into law. So. And, and something else I'm just thinking about, Jerry, that you and I have talked about on this program before is after uh, President Trump was elected, everybody kind of became complacent right, right. and said, oh, we have nothing to worry about with our Second Amendment, with our gun rights and everything else. But now... Now right. is a key time, That's folks, get for, to, to get off your ass and get engaged. Because right now, you know, they're, we, the president and other folks now are talking about right. um, upping the Not age to 21. In. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. don't no. do that. No. 
No. I'm going to stop anything anyway. 18, exactly. If you're old enough to give, be given a weapon and go overseas and fight ISIS and terrorists and everything right. else, then why the hell can't you protect yourself here in the United States well, at age 18? You're exactly right. I, I went through that when I, when I was much younger. As a matter of fact, well, actually, you might have lived under it too. I lived under the draft. Mm. So, uh, I you know, I was really, I was really at, uh, at the point that said, Hey, you know, you're going to draft me and you're going to send me to Vietnam to, to sit over there in the rice paddies and get shot at, but I can't go buy a beer. Right. But now so, is not the time, folks, to become nope. complacent when it comes to your second amendment. That's because correct. right now, listen to these little tide, tide pod eating little punks that are down in Florida talking all this trash now. Yes, I'm sorry. Everything they had to go through and had to witness. But you want those people legislating and, and talking right. about what right. we need to do? No, you no, don't. you certainly don't. Well, I want to thank you one more time, Mike, for being here. I really enjoyed it. Matter of fact, you need to give consideration to uh, – I need a, a, cohort, a co-host. You need to give consideration to that sometime. Um, <laughs> I want to remind everybody, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can sign up. You can do whatever. You can uh, download the commercial-free podcast there and here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to georgiacarry.org radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's executive director, Jerry Henry. Georgiacarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Georgiacarry.org radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.